from Atlanta, Georgia, amid glass and steel towers, in the heart of the South's largest city with the busiest airport in the world, this is The Conversation Cafe, a weekly internet radio show that interviews fascinating guests who are engaged in a verbal exchange of sentiments, observations, opinions, and ideas that educate, empower, and enlighten. Well, you know that angel saying, if you change something in history, it might change something right now. This is Conscious Radio for Conscious People. There would have never been special education had there not been school desegregation. And now, here are your hosts, A. Raquel and Mahogany Dawn. Welcome to the Conversation Cafe. We are your hosts, A. Markell and Mahogany Dawn, and we're coming to you live from Studio 3408 here in Atlanta, Georgia, in cold, sometimes snowy, sometimes icy Atlanta, Georgia. I tell you, our day started off kind of weird here this morning. Some places were receiving snow, other places were just receiving rain, and um, some places were getting ice rain or a combination of snow and ice rain, but either way, it's cold here, and we're expected to have a little more cold, stormy, icy, snowy weather, but we hope that you all are warm and that you are off the road, out of the weather, out of the elements, and you're listening to us live on the radio, and we are happy to be back here in the studio for another Tuesday evening. I tell you, it's been it's been um, uh, an amazing weekend. We just finished up yesterday and the three-day event with the 68th Annual Bronner Brothers in Midwinter International Beauty Show here in Atlanta that took place at the Georgia World Congress Center. And for those three days, I can't tell you how enlightened and educated I was as a reporter covering the event. I mean, it was just a wealth of information. And so if I was in that industry, man, I would have left there so geeked and so pumped because, it, to me, the Bronner Brothers went back to some of their original um, ideas of how they how they ran their show. I mean, I'm talking about with the live demos on the exhibit floor, live demos in the classrooms, and then they brought in a, a star-studded cast of teachers and instructors and models and product promoters, I'm talking about any and everybody probably was there. If you could think about them, they were there. I mean, we're talking about the hair industry. We're talking about people like Kim Kimball. Y'all know her. She's with WeTV's uh, L.A. Hair, Kim Kimball Beauty. They brought in Derek Blank, he's a celebrity photographer who has taken so many photographs of so many celebrities. We had Derek J. from Fashion Bravo's Fashion Queen. And the Real Housewives was there. Even Dwight Eubanks was there judging. He's from the Real Housewives of Atlanta as well, franchise. He was there judging some of the um, competitions. I mean, they had some of everybody. Shekinah Joe, y'all know from T.I. and Tang, Tiny's best friend, Shekinah was there. And she was giving some very positive nuggets of wisdom for the people in the industry, be it new or that you've been in it for a while. I mean, she was really sharing, pouring out her heart and sharing her heart and her passion. 
And from all of that, you know, I could just really see the passion behind what they do and the reasons why they do what they do and they are who they are in the industry, you know. And so it just, it does my heart joy to see people who really love what they what they are doing. But then on top of that is that no matter how high they climb or how high they've gone, they still aren't aren't too high to to reach back and help someone else in the industry and to share their information, to share their wealth of knowledge and, and was very personable and friendly, willing to take photos. We had people there from the music industry. Um Latavia Robinson was a model D. Woods was a model. Um, oh, yeah, the Tankers were there. Um, Brooklyn uh, Tankered, along with her brother, Benji Tanker, he was, they were there. She was promoting her hairline. Um, and if y'all haven't watched them, they're on Bravo, too, as well, Thicker Than Water. Bravo was well represented because Kenya Moore was there as well. Uh, so, I mean, it was so many people, and then the list goes on. Oh, we even had some professional athletes. Michael Michael, Michael Lee was there. He was promoting a new um, product line through Wave Masters. It was a hairbrush with a, com- a combination hairbrush mirror. And come to find out, it's, it's a partnership between he and his brother. And so uh, I thought that was a great ordeal. I mean, I'm talking about it goes on and on and on. And then the, the signature piece that Bronner Brothers brought back was that exotic hair and fashion show where people just, I mean, whatever, if you think about it, they created it. Um, and it was just awesome to see those creative minds at work. And I had a good time. And, of course, for that show, I mean, for that show, for that story, we do have that story on our website at www.thecombocafe.com. You can read about it in its entirety. You can look at some of the photos that were taken um, during the event. Also over on Facebook, there are some more photos as well that we place on our Facebook page. If you're not our Facebook friend, we encourage you to become a Facebook friend. Um, friend us, like us over on Facebook at The Combo Cafe. You can follow us on Twitter because we post things on Twitter too as well. Follow us on Twitter at The Combo Cafe as well. Instagram, The Combo Cafe. So any of those places, social media sites, follow us, like us, tweet us, Instagram us, do whatever you like to do. We would love to have you as a part of the cafe. Hey, Raquel, I know you've been kind of a little bit little bit under the weather, but it's glad to see you in the studio this evening. How are you this evening? I'm good, good. Trying to not catch a cold. I think I have a head cold, but other than that, I can't, cannot, cannot complain. Out and about today, as you stated earlier, it is very, very cold here in Atlanta. I think people would rather the cold weather go away or snow come and stay for a couple of days. Either way, I'm just happy to be back in the Conversation Cafe, and I would like to welcome all our listeners who have tuned in to hear tonight's show. We have a wonderful show that I think you will enjoy and will appreciate. You're going to have some great information. We're going to talk about celebrating our history and people, as well as we have a very special guest who will be tuning in later during the show with some very valuable information that will assist us with our ability to um, have great credit and rebound if you have some financial difficulties. So, once again, thanks for being here with us at Studio 3408, and we're live. Exactly, which is going to be great because we're closing out just for this month our love, um, our love month, of course, along with 
our um, celebration of Black History Month. But, of course, you know, we celebrate Black, Black History 365. So every day is a day to celebrate those in our community who are doing something positive and making an impact on our community. But we also like to take the time to highlight some of the people that you may not necessarily have known, know about or have heard about in our communities and some of them abroad. And so we do have a segment that we're going to do where we're going to honor uh, a young man this evening. But the but the piece on the credit rolls us right into our month of March. In the month of March, we're going to be dealing with finance because, of course, we know, as the saying goes, with, without finance, there is no romance. So, you know, we can talk about love, but love only goes so far. We don't have the coins. And the dollar bills, baby. It's true. You know? So uh, we're going to spend the month of March dealing with our financial situations and giving you some insight and some information about your financial situation and how you can make it better. And so we hope that you tune in each week with us as we bring new topics and new guests and experts in to discuss your finances and my finances. Because whether it's in a good place or a bad place or an in-between place, we always need help because if it's in a good place, you you still need to make sure that you maintain that. And if it's not in such a good place, then you need to know how to get out from up under that. And so that's why we're here in the Conversation Cafe. We um, also Sunday, of course, during the month of uh, October, I mean October, wow. I'm already in October, February. How about that? During the month of February, so much is going on for only 28 days. We, uh, the Conversation Cafe, we got an opportunity to as well be a part of Macy's Salute the Soul Soul Era, and we got a chance to sit in on some A1 fashion stylists. I mean, I'm talking about, we're talking about June Ambrosia, Jeanette. I mean, these are people who... Um, style some of our celebrities that we know about, Pete Diddy, Missy mm-hmm. Elliott, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. And, of course, again, for that story, it's going to be on our website, www.theconvocafe.com. We had a great time for that. It was about a two-hour event, and they, too, um, enjoy what they do and didn't mind sharing their passion about what, what it is that they do and how people can maintain and stay on that on that road. But Sunday was a day I know that a lot of people was kind of up in airs about what what were they going to watch on television because, of course, what? The Oscars was coming on TV, right? Right. Exactly. And it was so much controversy after the Golden Globes on whether or not people were going to really watch the Oscars um, because of the fact that they felt like uh, our quite a few of our movies or a couple of our movies, especially directors, actors were snubbed in the Golden Globe and even snubbed with the Oscars because they weren't even nominated. Um, and so what I have come upon is a report that said that the Oscar ratings dropped about 16% on Sunday. Yes. Yes, it did. So um, you guys not watching the Oscars made an impact. And no matter what they tried to do, you know, even with Neil Patrick Harris hosting, he wasn't enough, you know, to pull out the ratings. It says that based on last year's ratings, um, what it was, the 36 points, 
six million total viewers viewed the Oscars on Sunday, which is a six point four million uh, views less than 2014, and um, which was the ten year high. Okay, so of course um, that that resulted in a sixteen percent drop in viewership, and uh, by comparison, two of the other biggest live televised events this year saw increases in their viewership, which was January's Golden Globe, uh, which snagged 20.9 million views, and that was a 10-year high for the show. And it was also hosted by Amy Peeler and Tina Fey. Uh, let's see, what else was a good was the show? Also, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl um, took in a stunning 114.4 million viewers. Of course, that happened earlier this month in the month of February, and that was on NBC, making it the most watched broadcast in TV history. And, of course, those shows prove that live viewing isn't necessarily failing every year, and people will show up for the right combination of participants, performers, and nominees. And I think they're kind of attributing the lack of viewership to a couple of things, of course. The movies that they say were nominated were not really um, – well attended, they didn't perform well in the box office, and so maybe a lot of people were not interested. And they come, and I think a, a lot of the movies nominated were indie films, and they weren't major movie house films, as well as um, another thing that they attributed to it was what was that thing here? Uh, they said that it because it went over time. It went over eight minutes. It went over four. It was it was over a total of forty eight minutes, which is eight minutes more than last year. So it was slated to have, I guess, three hour time frame, and it went over forty eight minutes. Well, based on what I saw, I thought it was on time. I didn't think it went over at all. If it did, maybe five minutes. I don't. I didn't see. They say forty eight minutes. Wow. So it ran over forty eight minutes. Um, over its allotted time, and they said, of course, then people took to social media complaining about. It, it's going over time. And then they said there were no big watershed moments. So there were no big moments like, aha, oh, I got to tune in. Because, you know, oftentimes when we're watching a lot of our award shows, I mean, we've had so many come on during this month. Of course, Trumpet Awards came on this month. NAACP Awards was on just the other night. There have been a couple of um, tribute awards to Stevie Wonder and some others. And oftentimes, if you're not tuned in or you forget that they they that they have they are on, a lot of times I find out and tune in because what your your timeline, your social media timeline starts going crazy about somebody performing or something someone said, and so that's what they were saying that all of those things probably combined contributed to the lack of viewership. But of course, we know that a lot of us African-Americans did not watch the Oscars because, wow, we were snubbed in the Oscars this year. But we did have two people who, um, thankfully, they did win the Oscar for their song Glory, which was a part of the movie Selma, directed by um, none other than Ava DuVernay, and um, and I think it was produced by Oprah Winfrey and had a, a great cast of actors. And so... With that, we do have the clip with John Legend and Common, their acceptance speech for the Oscars. And um, and I want you guys to take a listen to it. I thought it was very good. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a great acceptance speech, and it was just right on point and on time. So we're going to take a listen to that. 
Thank you. First, first, I would like to thank God that lives in us all. Recently, John and I got to go to Selma and perform glory on the same bridge that Dr. King and the people of the Civil Rights Movement marched on 50 years ago. This bridge was once a landmark of a divided nation, but now is a symbol for change. The spirit of this bridge transcends race, gender, religion, sexual orientation, and social status. The spirit of this bridge connects the kid from the south side of Chicago dreaming of a better life to those in France standing up for their freedom of expression, to the people in Hong Kong protesting for democracy. This bridge was built on hope, welded with compassion, and elevated by love for all human beings. Thank you. <laughs> Nina Simone said, it's an artist's duty to reflect the times in which we live. We wrote this song for a film that was based on events that were 50 years ago, but we say that Selma is now because the struggle for justice is right now. Yeah. We know that the Voting Rights Act that they fought for 50 years ago is being compromised right now in this country today. We know that right now, the struggle for freedom and justice is real. We live in the most incarcerated country in the world. There are more black men under correctional control today than were under slavery in 1850. When People are marching with our song. We want to tell you we are with you, we see you, we love you, and march on. God bless you. Thank you, Ava. Thank you, Ava. Thank you, Thank you Ava, Oprah, Harpo, Plan B. I thought the speech was right on time. What do you think, A.R. Kelly? What do you think about this speech? I thought it was right on time. I thought it was a great speech. I think it was uh, very poignant and went straight directly to the point of what we are suffering here with in the African American community today, and it uh, reminded individuals that, uh, you know, we hold certain things in high regard in our communities, and we have to be um, educated and remind ourselves daily that, you know, the fight or the struggle is not over, and there are some things that we need to address, and if we join together as a community, we can go back and have some things righted, um, and one of the things is the voting rights. Absolutely. Bill Act that need, you know, that they that they have passed or trying to pass. And we must pay attention. So I think they did a wonderful job and congratulations to them. Yes, definitely. Congratulations to Common and John Legend for their Oscar winning song Glory. And so what we're gonna do, we're gonna take a, a brief break and during this break we're gonna play the song that one who the Oscar glory from the movie Selma. If you haven't seen it, we encourage you to find a theater that's still showing it and get out and, and see it. This is One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, 
justice is juxtaposition enough. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, the spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it go down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day. When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure. Woman and child, even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles from dark roads, heroes to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a ball ego, the biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win a war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be ours Sunday 
as a result of the win- winning of the Oscar by Common and Don Legend. That was the two glory that they wrote for the movie. And I certainly hope that you will go out and take a um, pick, pick in the movie, um, see what history um, has been portrayed in the mind of someone else, their experience. Of course, the movie was produced by Oprah Winfrey. And so I think that it's very important that we remind ourselves through film, art, poetry, writing, um, word of mouth, to one another about what is taking place in our history so that we can continue to tell our stories in a manner that is pleasing not only to our community, but it also leaves um, something for that generation that's coming behind us to see and to get a feel of what's going on. Of course, you know, with any movie, you should also go out and check out the books that, um, you know, tells you the story of those individuals and what was truly going on during that time. What do you think, Mahari? I agree with you 100%. Um, I think that it's always important to not just sometimes take in the movie but also read the novel because the novel oftentimes, what I found, goes a lot more into details and it gives you a lot more insight about what was totally going on during that time because you only have a small, short time frame in the movie to tell the story. So, um, And with a, with a novel, you can really unfold and unpack that whole whole thing. So definitely um, look into the story of Selma, the marching, the bloody Sunday, you know, and um, and we still have living legends that you probably, like you said, the biographies are very important because what happens is you have the opportunity to really get to know that person and what was really going on because sometimes when we look at movies or documentaries, you know, there is a time limit really how the story is told and what angles of the story are told. So you need to make sure you understand fully what was going on, and then you can make your own opinion, get to know them. They can take you on that same journey as the the movies um, and documentaries. So I suggest go out, get the books, and see what's really going on. Exactly. And so as a tribute to all of our black directors, writers, producers, actors, our Black History Moment this evening we're going to shed a little light in your direction. So this is our Black History Moment. And speaking of Black History, we conclude our celebration with our final Black History Moment. Before there was a Spike Lee, Tyler Perry, or John Singleton, there was Oscar Michelle, the first African-American feature filmmaker and accomplished novelist. During his illustrious career, Michelle wrote, produced, and directed 44 feature-length films and wrote seven novels, one of which became a national bestseller. In 1924, Michaud introduced the world to the great Paul Robeson after casting him as the lead in his movie, Body and Soul. The Producers Guild of America called him the most prolific black, if not the most independent filmmaker in American cinema. Today, we celebrate Oscar Michaud for his extraordinary contributions to filmmaking. I'm Donovan David for Black History Moments. Welcome back. Welcome back to this Conversation Cafe with Eric Hale and Mahogany Dawn. For those of you who have just joined the show, you can call in. The number is 773-897-3986. We are here at the final portion of our show. We are celebrating our history and people, and we have a very special individual on the line with us. He is Black History. His name is Corey P. Smith, and he has written a book called Conspiracy of Credit. And basically what it does is give you raw information and, um, about 
um, how credit evolves, what takes place when we look at our credit bureaus, um, who's behind the credit bureaus, and things of that nature. And also, he's authored a book called How to Outsmart the Credit Bureaus, which is a highly must uh, read. Both of those books are highly must read, as well as produced a documentary called Credit is for Poor People. I haven't had the opportunity to um, read the book. It's very intense. It's very insightful. He is very transparent in his journey of discovering what credit really means um, to our nation, um, what credit really means to our community, and the drawbacks. And um, he probably discovered some of the same things that I discovered uh, going through life and doing research, too, um, at one point. You know, I just woke up one day and said, I have been bamboozled. Um, he took another turn on it. Um, after we play this brief um, notice, we're going to have Corey on the line. He's going to share his heart. Um, he has dedicated his life to making sure that he gets this information out. He's going from coast to coast. And as I stated, his books are on point. So after this brief notice, we have none other than Corey T. Smith, Our Black History, um, in this last Tuesday of the month. Know that the views, opinions, and conclusions expressed in the Conversation Cafe are those of the guests and callers and are not necessarily those of the Conversation Cafe, its producers, hosts, or any of its affiliates. These shows are for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Please consult with the appropriate licensed professional before acting upon any information obtained during the Conversation Cafe broadcast. If you have comments or suggestions about this program and or guests, contact us at the Convo Cafe. Cafe at gmail.com or you can call 404-997-8261. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hi, Corey. This is Eric Hale. How are you this evening? Wonderful. I can't complain. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. So let's get right on into it. Um, I've read your book. It is a fantastic book. I know when I talked to you on the phone, I said you are a godsend. I truly believe that you are doing some, something that very few people are willing to do, um, and that is not only discover the information but, um, and live by the information, but you're also sharing it with people in your community. So tell us a little bit about your book, Conspiracy of Credit. Um, man, I'm trying to figure out <laughs> Where to start? I just I had a thought when I was listening to the thing that you you played um, um, right before you had me on, and you was just talking about the show being um, for entertainment and educational purposes and other things of as such. Uh, with that being said, um, conspiracy of credit um, is somewhat of a blueprint um, of how the credit bureaus. Um, the different banking and lending institutions, the uh, politicians, the religious institutions. Um, I tried to explain how all of these institutions are intertwined um, in some shape, form, or fashion to hold people in bondage. And they are doing this um, by the use of um, different databases and collecting information and selling information. And I took a different angle with this book. I tried to tell uh, a story because one thing that that I've come to realize about people in general, 
whether they are white, black, or green, whatever it is that people would rather be entertained and educated. And I knew that in order for me to even get people's attention, that I was going to somewhat have to tell a story, um, and some would be entertaining. I even realized that with going on a couple of morning talk shows, I mean, the shows were boring uh, from the standpoint because people don't want to hear about a book that I wrote, um, Conspiracy of Credit. They want to know the story behind it, um, <clears throat> my whole message, and that's that's what I tried to provide in the book. Um, it is raw. I don't hold back any punches. Um um, I realize that time is not on my side. Time is not on anybody's side. And um, I have put forth all of my energy, all of my efforts to try and um, share my story and share my message and expose some of the things that are taking place in, in, our, in our country that's, that's holding people in bondage, uh, poor people. I, I like to use that a lot um, in terms of... Um, Reflecting on if you don't have cash, it's just how credit who who credit affects the most, and, and that is poor people. So, with that being said, Certainly. I get I, I guess you would have to you know um, the real questions that people will want to know, the real answers to the questions that people want to know. I, I try to provide those answers. Um, by way of my different experiences that I that I've had um on my journey with um researching and discovering how credit affects all of our lives. Well, I certainly think you've done a wonderful job in telling um the history of the credit bureaus. There was some information in there that I had never heard before and I think you went really um in depth in telling us how it started, how they trans um transitioned into being powerhouses um, even in the 21st century today, and the fact that um, it's a conspiracy. And I totally see why you would name it uh, Conspiracy of Credit um, for the fact that it hits us from the cradle to the grave, so to speak. And so you really went in depth in telling us about that. Um, I like the story you tell about you being in an apartment and realizing that the part, you didn't have the apartment in your name, didn't have certain um, things, materialistic things that you, uh, other people marvel at or other people have, the one percenters have, that, you know, the common person strives to obtain, and it's like you never can catch up. And so you really provide the key of how to catch up and how to overcome, um, you know, living our lives um, from a materialistic perspective. manner as well as a financial manner. Um, give us a little bit more detail about your story in terms of, you know, finding the aha moment. Man, um, that was the aha moment. I mean, I, man, it's that that particular night, I mean, that was the, the true, uh, true turning point in my life where I did actually wake up in the middle of the night and realize that, uh, you know, with all my education, with me going to work every day, and I'm just I'm on a treadmill, and I just discovered that um, the only way for me to get out of my situation was my name, and and I, and I talk about, um, you know, my name being credit, you know, because I didn't have any money, so 
the only thing that I, I could use is my name. And, and and that being credit, I had to learn how to leverage it. Um, I just, you know, this when you talk about this whole credit thing, I, I just I just realized how they have this the educational system, uh, television, how they have fooled us so much. It's like they have duped us um, in a way where it's almost like transferring um, energy, so to speak. And what I mean by that, I always, I always tell people, man, just imagine waking up in the morning, you got a million dollars in your bank account. And I tell them, guess what? You're not going to sleep at night as opposed to if you wake up and you only got $5 in your account and you, you don't want to get up. You feel you feel like a battered woman almost, and I just thought about it. Just like the trans, how, how they they have taken um, a piece of paper, or they have taken uh, what I call digital money, and, and and use it as a way to even control us as far as how we are motivated in life. I mean, money is a big. I talk about money a whole lot, but it 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 it, it, it is a big part of. Uh, of our lives. So, I mean, that particular night, yeah, that was my all moment. Even now I reflect back on, I mean, I was able to accumulate a whole lot by using credit. And when I say a whole lot, I don't mean tens of thousands of dollars. I mean a few million dollars just by the use of credit. And it came so fast to me that I ended up losing it. I lost everything. I lost all, you know, all the properties, um, all the vehicles, uh, and I put my family in a, in a real bad situation. Um, uh, I can even remember staying at the Red Roof Inn after my first house had, well, my last house had been foreclosed on, and the last car I had was a S550 uh, Mercedes, uh, about $120,000 car. But I, I had my family in the red roof in. Um, that was another odd moment for me, and uh, I just realized even then I have to go back to the place which was credit to get me back on level ground again. So, so, so since you found yourself um, back losing, gaining, and losing it again. Um, I'm glad you were uh, transparent enough to tell people that, you know, um, having credit and knowing what to do with credit sometimes brings um, you attention, unwanted attention that you're probably not really thinking about. You're just trying to um, play the game, uh, understanding by understanding the rules and, you know, live a great life, living that American dream, as they say, you know, that, you know, we all often strive to live. So how have you rebound since you um, – your last, you know, losing your home and having your family being the red roof in. <laughs> I got a lot smarter. Like I, I, I was the guy, you know. I remember my wife used to um, always tell me uh, when I was getting a lot of money by using credit, whether it was, you know, buying real estate or uh, flipping lines of credit. She would always tell me she'd be like, "Baby, let's 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 pay the house off, or let's put some money up." And I just had the attitude. I was like, "Man, money, money gonna always come," because I felt like I had figured out an easy way to get it by the use of credit. And I was also the guy who would tell her, like, 
man, if I have to go get a job, I'll die before I have to go and get before I go work a job. And with all that being said, I, I found myself working a job. I actually had to go and get a job as a corrections officer. And during that time, I uh, put together a plan that I was going to take 24 months and rebuild to want to work the job and um, execute my plan. I was I was working while I was working, so to speak. I actually wrote conspiracy of credit when I was working as a corrections officer in, in Memphis. And uh, I rebuilt my credit, you know, took off tax liens, took off collection accounts, all, all of all of the things I, that I had acquired, you know, when I was making all this money by use of credit, lines, you know, lines of credit, credit cards, um, I had to rebuild. And during that time, I learned even more about credit, how to remove the public records, how to remove the bankruptcies, you know, by use of affidavits, um, how to um, attack the collection agencies, learning not to pay them and learning not to um, – settle a credit card debt when they were offering me 50% less than what I owe. You know, I figured, you know, I discovered that all of those things were traps. Uh, and that's some of the things I try to, um, you know, teach people. Uh, it may seem radical when people hear for the first time when someone says don't, don't um, settle a credit card debt or don't pay a collection agency because you have these, yeah, these people that are so, um, I guess, more correct. So you break it up a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that you were tricked from the get go, and um, I, you know, I try to, I try to um, talk about those things anytime I get the opportunity to share my message with people. But um, I just. Busted. 
I got a cow that went dry and a hen that won't lay. A big stack of bills that gets bigger each day. The county's gonna haul my belongings away cause I'm busted. To my brother to ask for a loan Cause I was busted I hate to beg like a dog without a bone But I'm busted My brother said there ain't a thing I can do My wife and my kids are all down with the flu And I was just thinking about calling on you And I'm busted But a man can go wrong when he's busted The food that we can for last summer is gone And I'm busted The fields are all bare and the cotton won't grow Me and my family got to pack up and go But I'll make a living just where I don't know Cause I'm busted I'm broke Welcome back to the Conversation Cafe. This is Eric Hale and Mahogany Dawn live in Studio 3408. We're talking to one of uh, our black history heroes. We have on the line with us this evening, Corey P. Smith. He is a lecturer and author, and he talks very poignantly about the conspiracy of credit, and he has done a wonderful job in putting that information into a, a book. I would suggest that you run out and get it after this broadcast. And before we were to a break, Corey was telling us about how he became a um, – he was talking to us about how he came about writing the book uh, after going and getting a job in the prison system. Right. And he was also talking about after affidavits and how he learned how to utilize affidavits. And, Corey, you were sharing with us as well about uh, when people tell you not to pay collection um, agencies and things of that nature. If you can, pick up right there and continue to share with our audience what you were saying on that on that topic. Yeah, yeah. I, I was talking about... <clears throat> A lot of times I tell people, I'd be like, don't pay a collection agency. Uh, I, I would tell people, um, I always respond to them when you get their first letter, and um, they give you 30 days to respond. Uh, one of my biggest, um, one of the biggest things I, I tell people, don't don't respond to them with uh, a validation letter. Um, because a lot of times people, they, they have heard so much that, yeah, um, Tell them to validate the debt, and most people <laughs> they don't realize that a collection agency will always be able to validate a debt that they say you owe, whether it be through a screenshot, um, whether it be through an affidavit of destroyed instrument. They they will always be able to validate the debt. So I, I always tell people to respond to them with either um, what I call a, a, a affidavit of denial, 
saying that, and, and all it is is a letter that you create um, stating that, hey, um, I'm not saying that this debt is not mine, and I'm not saying that it is, um, but basically I would like to you I would like for you to provide um the original contract. Um, um I, I would like for you to provide the um the actual accounting as it relates to the credit card debt. That's one of the things that I tell people to do and I, I provide a copy of that in the book. The other thing I tell people to do, um, just respond with a letter stating that you have no knowledge of of that debt. You have no knowledge of, of what they, they're saying that you're owing. Um, isn't, I'm not telling you to say that it's fraud, um, and, and I always say it can be fraud. It just all depends on um, who's, 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 um, what perspective you know you take. Um, by you stating that you have no knowledge of the debt, by law it's almost like um, it, it's considered like cease and desist, and, and they have to return that debt to the original creditor. Um, it's, it's against the law for them to continue collection um, procedures when someone responds in that way. Some of them have gotten slick, and they'll try to come back when you do an affidavit of denial or when you, do, when you send them a letter stating that you have no knowledge about the account. Some of them will still try to respond to you um, with the letter as if you were asking them to validate the debt. So when they do things like that, I always tell people, go and file a complaint uh, with the Better Business Bureau against their collection agency. Um, file a complaint with Consumer Affairs uh, and with whatever state that you live in, and also file a complaint uh, with the um, financial cons Consumer Financial Protection Bureau against their collection agency. Um, 99%, 100% of the time, that works, that backs them up, and um, they will actually return that debt back to the original creditor. Um, in addition to that, I tell people when you when you have a credit card that's been charged off and they come with these credit card settlement offers, I'd be like, don't, don't settle with them. Because by law, if you settle uh, a debt with a, a credit card company for $600 less than what the original amount was that you owe, by law, they have to report that to the IRS, and you'll be 1099 um, for that debt, which which means you'll be paying taxes on credit that they extended to you because the IRS looks at that um, as if, you know, that's earned income that you made. So you got to pay taxes on that. And most people don't realize that's the trick. That's why they hit you with um, you can settle this debt for basically pennies on the dollar. Because one, it's um, <laughs> you know, it's a write-off for them, and you're going to be paying taxes on it. So they're screwing you both ways. One, you're going to be paying taxes. Two, your credit's still going to be messed up. So that, that's that's I always advise people to proceed that way when they're dealing with a collection agency or they're dealing with um, a credit card company. Uh, whether it that, also go ahead. Can that same measure be utilized with other uh, business entities in terms of trying to, you know, settle a debt? Not necessarily. When, when you say other company. business entities, what, what do you mean? When you say other business in, entities, you mean like, what do you mean like? Department stores, apartment complexes, um, 
car companies, things of that nature. Uh, yeah, I mean, department stores, uh, finance companies, yeah. Now, when you're dealing with apartment complexes, you don't have to do that. What you do is you you, you create another affidavit and you send that to, because when you're evicted from an apartment, that stuff is recorded at the courthouse. It's, it's like a public record. And the credit bureaus pick that information up via third-party companies, but they'll tell you that they verified it with the court. No court, no court uh, in America has a, a working relationship with any of the credit bureaus. Um, so you send an affidavit in to the court itself, and the letter can simply say that, hey, um, we re- I received a, a letter or I received correspondence from Equifax, uh, TransUnion, or Experian stated, stating that um, you verified this public record via phone, email, or fax. Um, and they're going to respond to you by stating, like, we don't report to the credit bureaus. Um, that's the same way with any public record, whether it's a bankruptcy or a tax lien. Um, credit bureaus buy a lot of information uh, via third parties. Um, sometimes they'll buy what's called crystal clears from, from these law firms, but that's not 100% um, accuracy. So you can, you, can, you can always fight them that way because an affidavit has to be answered. So when, 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 whenever the courts or the register of deeds or the, or the bankruptcy courts respond to you stating that, hey, we don't report to the credit bureaus, you use that as your leverage and you create you another affidavit. And when I say affidavits, I just simply mean it can be an original letter that you create that you just, you, you have notarized. It becomes a sworn statement at that point. And you attach whatever letter that you get from the courts to the affidavit that you are sending to the credit bureaus. Because basically what you're doing, you're letting them know that you're building a paper trail. You know, some people might be afraid to... If they have to take it so far as to say, hey, I'm going to pay my money and give me a consumer um, protection att- attorney and sue you because I already have the paperwork. Most people are not going to do that. I will, and, and they know I will. Um, most people um, are driven by fear, um, so they won't do it. But the things that I talk about in the book, the things that I'm telling you now, I use – I. I, I, I <laughs> I use these methods, and they work for they work for me. Um, I, I have no problems when, when, when you know it's 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 basically it boils down to how 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 far people want to take it, how much um, time and energy they want to put into um, cleaning their credit up and improving their lives, because basically that's what it, that's what it boils down to. Your credit is your life. If you don't have any money, that's why you know. That's why I always say credit is for poor people. If you don't have any money, that is your money, credit, and you got to learn how to leverage it. You know, you got to. Um, one of the things that um, I always talk about um, that I that I practice now, I have um, what I call a community of people, a community of people. Um, 
whether it be seven people or ten people, that don't know what they have when it comes to their credit. You know, whether it be my uncle, and all he does is drink beer and and and, and watch TV and 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 walk to the store around the corner. Well, he has no credit, so he 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 doesn't even know the power that he has. So I take somebody like him, educate him a little bit, get him together. Get him an address, get him a bank account, you know, and, and, and start him a fresh credit file because he's like a newborn baby. He has no credit. Um, someone asked me the other day, uh, well, they, they made the statement, well, I, I thought that um, no credit was like bad credit. Nah, no credit is like a gold mine because you like a newborn baby. So I take, you know, when, when, when I see people like they even, you know, I, I got cousins like these. These guys, drug dealers, or some of them, um, some of them, a couple of my cousins work <laughs> work at a hand car wash. I had another one that he worked at the tire shop. No credit. But right now we're in negotiation. Right now it's seven uh, seven of us, and five of them are my relatives. But we're negotiating to buy um, this thirteen thousand square foot um, nightclub but it could be used for so many other things. I created the company, all of us own the company, and all of them, all of us have over 700 credit scores. So we winning. And we know as, as, when this when this club was operating, it was doing upwards of a million dollars a year. So good management and good people in place, all of my, all of, the, all of these people in my group, they're going to eat. Whether they do nothing, they're going to receive some type of residual income. And I'm doing that even when it comes to real estate. We're going to get on the home, we're going to get on the hood home store, and we're going to look for houses all over the country, whether it be Vegas. Oh, here's a house, 15000 Okay. We got a $50,000 line of credit at this credit union. Okay, we're going to buy four of these houses right here in this vicinity. And we're going to turn it over to a management company and pay them a percentage to manage it. But that's the type of thing that I'm talking about. That's what I build, like, these communities. Uh, you know, um, when, I, when I talk about building a, a community of credit, because there's more power even when you can't do it by yourself when you got numbers. So I'm doing things like that. Um, I'm in the process of creating a nonprofit called Operation Release, where I work with inmates. Who have been incarcerated five years or more, I get them when they 200 days um, from release, and we start building their credit, and we start teaching them life skills, and we start teaching them um, business management skills and entrepreneurial skills. So although they got a felony, when they get out, they have leverage because they got a $50,000 line of credit to work with, and they got a support system to work with. And that's the type of things that I'm doing with credit, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to grow it with each day. Like I'm crisscrossing the country. Wherever I gotta go, wow. I'm going. Wherever I gotta meet, I'm a meet. Because I've I right. seen it. I, I, I know what's going on. I've seen it up close and personal. When I talk about the feds, um, came to me. When I talk about the Secret Service, came to me. It's real. So I know what's going on. <laughs> Other oh, people yeah. just don't know what's going on. Yeah, Corey, so with your method, it, can your method 
be used as well because I know a lot of our listeners may um, possibly suffer with student loan issues. Can they utilize your same method to help them with their student loans? Because a lot of times their student loans are in default, and that keeps them from having great credit. Yeah, I mean, I think I... I can't. Was it you? I emailed something to, but I actually had whited it out. But I was just trying to show you where my student loans were deleted. Was that? Did I send you, know, you an email? Yes, it was Eric Hill, and yes, and you showed me definitely. I do have proof, um, audience, that he did, and he has removed student loans. So what he's stating is very true. Um, he's given the evidence of what his his labor was when he put the time in to do um, follow the processes in his book, and they do work. They do work. So right, if you, yeah. again, get a copy of his book, Conspiracy of Credit, you will be able to understand fully exactly what he's speaking of. I know this is a, you know, 30 minutes is not a very long time to get out information, but it should pique your interest enough um, for you to go out and help yourself, because I think a lot of times we... Um, I have talked about it in the past that we get excited about things. We believe that things do take place, and we know that they take place because we hear about uh, stories such as Corey who has put in the work. But we we ourselves uh, don't have the benefit of acting upon the information because we either don't have access to it or we just don't know how to do it. Well, he has a how-to book, Conspiracy of Credit, that will lead you in the right direction, and he's available. Um I I picked up the phone and I called him and he did answer. Uh he did answer, he took the time out of the day to talk to me. So he's available and he is um a testament of the work that he's doing. He's not like some experts that we hear about that never have gone through the process. They've just written a book because they were able to research the information and put it together. He has actually um done the work. He lives by this on a daily basis and you hear his testimonies because he doesn't go out and find people that already have credit to help them, he goes out and helps people that don't know the powers that they possess. So, Corey, with that said, would you give our audience a way of contacting you, whether it be by Twitter, Facebook, um, email, whatever way that you will accept communication, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, you can reach me through um, email, uh, Corey at CoreyPSmith.com. Also, um, you can reach me via uh, info at CoreyPSmith.com. And like you said, anybody is uh, more than welcome uh, to call my my cell phone number is 901-612-9642. Call me up. If, if I'm not busy, I don't care where I'm at in the country or out of the country. If, if I'm free, I'm going to pick up my phone. And if you don't get me, then email me or call me back at some point. I'm going to pick up my phone. Uh, you know, I, I wish I did have more time uh, to talk, but I'm, I'm easily accessible. And like you said, I'm not like Susan Orman. I'm not like Dave Ramsey. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> it's, the re- it's the real deal right here. Like everything that I talk about, I've gone through. All the methods that I tell you that I've used, I've used those methods, and they work. And I tried to provide, um, you know, some real documentation and conspiracy of credit. But anybody is more than welcome to call me. My line is is always open um, because I do have a passion to help people. I'm, I'm trying to start a movement 
Because if we don't wake up, it's going to be the Hunger Games for real. And that's what people people don't realize that. When I talk about people being, they, they would much rather be entertained and educated, that's real. Um, that's why you got a lot of people that's working day to day and running out of time. I I, I, I always say that um, when people learn that you can always make minimum wage from the neck down, but you can make millions from the neck up, and that that that's, like that's, that's, that that's that's what you have to educate yourself. Because your mind will always transcend your physical body. Your body gonna get tired doing them eight hours. I'm not saying everybody gonna, you know, can be well off, but they can live a better life by using a resource, a powerful resource that they don't even realize that they have. They gotta learn how to, gotta learn how to leverage your name, and you know that's what I'm trying to teach people: how to leverage credit, how to leverage your name. So when will your documentary be uh, available? Yeah, the documentary won't be out until September. Uh, September of 2016 or 2015? No, September of this year. Okay. Okay. September of this year. And will they be able to go on your website to order it directly from you? Oh, yeah, they'll be able to go on the website. It'll be available everywhere. Just like my book, um, uh, I'll make sure, like, I got a real you know, great distribution outlet, so they'll be able to get the documentary um, wherever. So. Okay. Well, my heart and I certainly enjoy, have enjoyed the conversation, and we thank you so very much for dropping by. And we want to put out a challenge to our audience listeners to buy Corey's book, Conspiracy of Credit, Corey P. Smith. And you can go to www.coreypsmith.com dot com and get his book or you can go to Amazon or any major uh book distributor to get the book. Um we also want to say that Mahogany Dawn and I are gonna do some things ourselves and we wanna report back to Corey and Corey's gonna keep us in check. And so we thank you again Corey for dropping by um the conversation cafe and anytime you want to stop into the studio and let our listeners know what you're doing in the community, um, you're more than welcome to do so. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great evening. All right. All right. You've been listening to none other than Corey P. Smith, the author of the novel The Conspiracy of Credit, and he's been sharing with us a a wealth of, of knowledge and information about credit and things that we need to know and should know about credit. And we encourage you again, as, as A. Raquel said, to go out and pick up his book. Uh, I believe it's available at um, Amazon. At Amazon. Amazon, as well as on his, well, as well as on his website. Right. Um, and, and, of course, we'll make sure that we put all of his information on all of our social media sites uh, so that you can um, have access to that. His information. So do check out our Facebook and our Twitter page, and his information will be there. So again, we thank Corey for stopping by the cafe and in enlightening us and educating us about the importance of knowing how to establish great credit history or great credit score, great credit period, 
um, so that you can do some things. You know, oftentimes we are a slave to our credit scores, to our credit, uh, and we don't know oftentimes how to get out from up under it. Well, he's a man, and if you've been trying to figure out how to do that thing, this is this is definitely your key to open that door. So please take advantage of that of this opportunity. Please take advantage of of Corey and uh, wealth of information and understanding that he has about credit. Um, as Erica said, uh, she and I would definitely um, be speaking again with Corey about some things too as well. So, again, we hope that you have enjoyed this moment, this time, this hour that you have spent with us in the Conversation Cafe. We have certainly enjoyed our time here we try to make sure that we bring to you each week something that's going to uh, make you laugh, it's going to make you think, it's going to make you uh, motivated to want to get up and go and do something. And, and no, if nothing else, do something different the next day or the next moment. So it just depends on where you are because we're on the East Coast. If you're on the West Coast, you're three hours behind, so it's still daylight out there. Still, your day is just ending for most, or you may have about another hour or so for most people. So you still have a little time to kind of do something different for the day. However, uh, we hope that you all are enjoying our shows, our topics. As always, if you have any show topic ideas or topics of discussion that you would like for us to talk about and discuss here in the cafe, you can do so. Email us at theconvocafe at gmail.com. We'll be more than happy to entertain your your suggestions and see what we can do to make them happen and to bring them on our show. If not, if nothing else, we're also on, over on every social media outlet. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, where we're constantly staying in contact with all of you out there in the cafe world um, each and every day. And so anytime you have a question or a comment or a topic, a subject matter that you would like for us to address, we're always available via social media. So like us, follow us, tweet us, text us, whatever whatever the best way for you, you can do that, email us, and uh, we will definitely address your topics. As always, I've enjoyed my time here, and I hope that you have enjoyed your time as well as ARKL. So on behalf of myself, and my co-host, Arakel, we say thank you for another wonderful Tuesday. This is the Conversation Cafe, and we're out. Remember, where there is no dialogue. Thanks for listening to the Conversation Cafe with Arakel at Mahogany Dawn. If you like what you just heard, you can continue to follow the conversation on Twitter and Facebook at The Combo Cafe. You can tell your friends, family, and colleagues that they can listen to previous shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Conversation Cafe. This has been a Studio 3408 production. Join us next week for another edition of The Conversation Cafe. And remember, where there's no dialogue, a story no conversation. You're my Change my world, share my life.